0: Hi there, I'm Adam Burton, and I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Thank you for tuning into my online Bible study from The Gospel Project. We are live every Thursday night to study God's Word. This week's Bible study is titled, The Signs of God's Presence. We will see that God provides strength and encouragement for His people to face opposition on His behalf. To let you know where we are going in our study, here are the three points. One, God moves the hearts of His people to return to Him. Two, God provides strength for His servant to obey Him. And three, God reveals a remnant to His servant to encourage Him. We will get to our Bible study in just a moment. But before we do, one of the great things about our online Bible study is that we can engage in conversation. So as you watch, let me know what comments or questions you have. Let us know what sticks out to you in this study. Lastly, we would love to connect with you on all of the socials. We are active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for CBC Maysville. Well, stay tuned to the end for an important message about how you can go deeper into God's Word. Okay, let's get to our online Bible study. What is your favorite movie with a showdown? Many westerns like those with John Wayne or Clint Eastwood climax with a dramatic gunfight at the end. Sometimes, against all odds, the outnumbered guy or group wins. Sports movies like Hoosiers also tell classic stories of underdog victories. The Bible contains showdowns, and in many cases, the underdog triumphs. Of course, none of these were underdog stories in the strictest sense because God's presence was with His people and fighting for them. But from a human perspective, whether the enemies, the observers, or the people of God's, the faithful rarely seemed positioned to win. And yet, they did time and time again. What are some showdown stories that have already occurred in the biblical storyline up to this point? Moses faced off against a mighty Pharaoh. Gideon and his army of 300 won a shocking victory over Midianites' 120,000-man army, David and Goliath. After his initial meeting with King Ahab, in which he declared a drought over Israel, Elijah appeared before Ahab again in 1 Kings chapter 18. In this meeting, Elijah arranged one of the most memorable showdowns in Scripture, a firefight on Mount Carmel between Elijah and the false prophets of Baal to prove once and for all who is the real God. The boldness, this boldness contrasts sharply with what we find in 1 Kings chapter 19. The mighty Elijah melted with despair. Here God showed himself not only to be mighty, but also merciful as he strengthened his servant in some very particular ways. This portion of First and Second Kings encourages us in knowing our God is the living and the loving God. Our first point is God moves the hearts of his people to return to him. God moves the hearts of his people to return to him. The contest Elijah proposed involved the real God sending fire from heaven to burn up a sacrifice. The prophets of Baal went first, but failed in their hours-long attempt to cause their God to act. Next was Elijah's turn. Read with me 1 Kings 18, verses 31-39. through Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in the order and cut the, cut the bull and the pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Baal's prophets prayed from morning till evening but Elijah's prayer was short and effective. Prayer isn't about length, volume, or eloquence, but praying to the right God in genuine faith. Furthermore, Elijah's prayer was all about the glory of God, so he prayed for rebels to turn to God, to respond to the truth with repentance and faith. Elijah built an altar on Mount Carmel using 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel. Elijah was calling the people to come back in repentance and unity to the covenant God. Elijah requested four jars be used to pour water three times on the burnt offering and on the wood. This was significant for two reasons. One, water was scarce and precious given the famine proclaimed by Elijah. Two, Elijah wanted everyone to know for sure that what was about to happen, fire burning up the soaked offering and altar, could only be explained by the power of God. Think about this. What should Christians believe as they pray to God? God is good, and He listens to His people. God does answer the prayers of His children. God's glory is the most important subject in our prayers. We should pray to God for the repentance and faith of others. The fire from heaven was a sure sign that God accepted Elijah's sacrifice. God proved to everyone that He alone is God. He alone answers prayer, and He must be approached in a particular way, through faith and sacrifice. In response to God's show of fire, the people fell face down and acknowledged God's singular status as God, the only proper response to God's power and grace. This story shows us God's grace in inviting us to approach Him through sacrifice. Praise God, today we get to approach Him through a better means, by the perfect sacrifice, of the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. By faith in Jesus, God reconciles sinful rebels to Himself, forgives their sin, and invites them to call on Him by the name of Jesus. Let's never stop thanking God for the cross. Previously in Israel's history, God sent fire at the inauguration of the tabernacle worship, signifying Yahweh's acceptance of the sacrificial system. Later Yahweh responded to a sacrifice of David and answered his prayer with fire, signifying his acceptance of the offering. Similarly, when Solomon completed and dedicated the temple, fire again fell, showing God's acceptance of their worship. Listen to this essential doctrine: God is one. The Bible affirms that God is one, as seen in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9, otherwise known as the Shema. In both Old and New Testament times, the advocacy of monotheism, belief in one God, was contrary to the surrounding culture, where most cultures practiced polytheism, belief in multiple gods, or henotheism, the worship of one God with a belief in multiple gods. The people of God knew, based upon God's self-revelation, that Yahweh, the Lord, is the only one true God. Our second point is God provides strength for His servant to obey Him. God provides strength for His servant to obey Him. Elijah triumphantly confronted the false prophets of Baal, proving that Yahweh alone is the living God. Chapter 19, however, does not begin the way we would expect, with Israel turning back to God and Elijah standing tall. Instead, we see Elijah on the run from Jezebel and depressed. What caused Elijah to despair? First, Elijah lost perspective. Second, Elijah lost his commitment to follow God's word. Third, Elijah lost his vision of the greatness of God. Finally, Elijah lost his desire to live. Listen to this quote. He did not tremble before the king because God's providence assisted him. But when he slightly turned away from him, he could not resist before Jezebel's threats. Elijah lost perspective. He lost sight of the fact that a short-term victory doesn't mean the war is over. After losing her prophets of Baal at Elijah's hand, Jezebel vowed to make Elijah dead like one of them, and he became afraid. Elijah lost his commitment to follow God's Word. He didn't allow God's Word to direct his path as he had done previously. Without a word from the Lord, Elijah ran away upon hearing Jezebel's threat. The word of the Lord to Elijah doesn't appear again until verse 9. Elijah lost his vision of the greatness of God. Previously, he was fearless before Ahab and the false prophets of Baal, but he grew afraid of Jezebel because he grew afraid and lost his vision of God. His strength and protector, he lost his drive to fight Elijah lost his desire to live. He was physically and emotionally drained. He was also disappointed. He probably expected a revival to occur after the events at Mount Carmel, but that didn't happen. He was also isolated, which is never, never healthy or wise. The text goes on to show that Elijah also believed half-truths, which led to self-pity, self-righteousness, and self-importance. All of these factors together let Elijah to pray, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. Read with me, First Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 8. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. God's first response to Elijah wasn't rebuke, but to eat and drink how encouraging and tender it is that God fed his runaway prophet in grace instead of actually answering Elijah's prayer for death. God would rebuke him later, but first we see his gentleness and care. Are you drained and dejected like Elijah? Consider the humble ministry of Jesus who gives spiritual rest, physical rest, and companionship for our weary lives. Spiritual rest, Jesus, the bread of life, offers rest to the weary and burdened. In Him we find forgiveness and joy. When you have had enough, look to Jesus because He is enough. Physical rest, good food, and good sleep are wonderful medicines for spiritual depression. They are gifts from our kind God after all. After Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus made him breakfast before he addressed his failure. He renewed Peter physically and spiritually. Companionship. The angel may also have proved, provided some companionship for his lonely servant. Later, we will receive a, he will receive a wonderful companion in Elisha. Maybe you need some companionship. Don't run from this need. Be active in a local body of believers in Christ with whom you can fellowship. Perhaps God wants to use you to minister to lonely, depressed servants. Take them a cake and spend some time with them. Listen to this essential doctrine, Christ's humiliation. Although God the Son was equal with God and worthy of all the glory God receives, He chose to humble Himself by taking on human flesh. He left His glorious state and came in the likeness of sinful flesh, and He experienced a humiliating death on a cross." by becoming sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our last point is God reveals a remnant to his servant to encourage him. God reveals a remnant to his servant to encourage him. Elijah arrived at Horeb, the mountain of God, and rested in a cave. Then he wallowed in self-pity and complained about the Israelites, even though God displayed his power and spoke with the prophet. Elijah was slow to understand and change his attitude, perhaps because he did not want to. Yet God still spoke to him and gave Elijah a new vision for the future. Read with me 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 15-18. through 18. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mehoelah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. God demonstrated mercy here in that he kept dealing with Elijah and gave him a new assignment to anoint some new leaders in the land. The defeat of Baal and his worshipers in Israel would not happen by Elijah alone, nor would it happen in his lifetime. Elijah's job involved more than fighting well in the present. It also involved preparing others for the future. In the midst of his depression, Elijah continued to talk to God, If you ever sink as low as Elijah in your life, whatever the reason, remember to keep speaking to God, who is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and rich in faithful love. Elijah left Mount Horeb as he was instructed and immediately found Elisha to anoint him as his future replacement. Elisha served under and with Elijah until his predecessor was taken from the earth. There is no record of Elijah anointing Hazael or Jehu as kings over Aram and Israel, respectively. Elisha, however, does fulfill this command, perhaps on Elijah's behalf after his departure. Hazael is told by Elisha that he will be king over Aram, which leads him to assassinate his ailing predecessor. Jehu is anointed king of Israel by a servant at the command of Elisha, and according to the word of the Lord delivered to him, Jehu assassinates King Joram and eliminates the whole house of Ahab, including Jezebel and all the remaining prophets of Baal. Think about this. What are some steps you can take to prepare others for kingdom work in the future? Be active in kingdom work now and invite others to participate with you. Study the Word and teach it to others. Share the Gospel. Make disciples and teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. Pray for opportunities to mentor younger believers. Part of Elijah's depression stemmed from his perception that he alone remained faithful to God in Israel. But God corrected his misperception. He wasn't the only one left. God had preserved a remnant of people faithful to him, 7,000 in fact. God's sovereign saving grace among humanity is a word of assurance to Elijah, and it should be a wonderful word of assurance to us as well. No matter how lonely you feel, Jesus has a people, not just from Israel, but also from the nations who have been saved by grace through faith in His name. God preserved a remnant of His people in keeping with His promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, especially His promise to bless the whole world through their descendants. By His grace, the Lord preserved people from idolatry that they would be devoted to Him. God's faithfulness to the remnant of His people would lead to the coming of His promised Savior, His blessing to the world, Jesus Christ. Unlike Elijah, Jesus was truly alone in His dark hour, and those who sought His life took it from Him on the cross. But He rose again, triumphant over the powers of sin and death, and He has redeemed a people for God by His blood to constitute a new kingdom comprised entirely of holy priests devoted to the Lord and His kingdom here on earth. When you are discouraged in life, Look away from yourself and look in faith to Jesus who said, It is finished. Your eternal salvation has already been won. Think about this. Why is a gospel community so important during seasons of despair? To help us keep our priorities in the correct order so we can be encouraged to keep our perspective oriented toward that which matters most, our eternal home with God. So, when we are, so we are reminded of the grace God has given us in Jesus Christ that our sins are forgiven and counted against us no more. So we experience God's love for us through brothers and sisters in Christ even when we feel unlovable. Elijah left Mount Horeb having heard the gentle whisper of the Lord. But later he would stand on a mountain face to face with the Lord Jesus, God in the flesh. On the mountain of Jesus' transfiguration, along with Moses, Elijah saw and spoke with the fulfillment of his prophetic ministry about his upcoming sacrificial death for the salvation of the world. The disciples who were present with Jesus saw the dazzling glory of Christ unveiled for a moment and heard God's mighty voice declare the identity of the Son. And they were told to listen to him. Until we gaze upon the face of Jesus in the fullness of his kingdom, Let's heed the voice of God and listen to and obey the voice of Jesus. And like Elijah, let's be spurred on by the glorious future that awaits all of His now-suffering saints. Because Christ suffered and died on our behalf, we rely on God for the strength we need to deliver His message, no matter the hardships we face. Here are some ways for you to apply God's Word to your life. What lessons will you apply today regarding the importance of prayer and our need for God's power? How can you help foster Christian friendships and service within your local church? For whom will you be praying to hear and believe the gospel of Jesus? Listen to this quote. The depressed don't simply need to feel better. They need a redeemer who says, Take heart, my son, my daughter. What you really need has been supplied. Life no longer need be about your goodness, success, righteousness, or failure. I've given you something infinitely more valuable than good feelings. Your sins are forgiven. Pray with me. Father, you are faithful when we are faithless. And by your power and grace, you have always preserved a remnant of people faithful to your covenant. We praise you for sending Jesus as the true covenant keeper who obeyed all the way to the cross for us. Help us to embrace the power you offer through the Holy Spirit as we face worldly opposition to our proclamation of the gospel of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study. Remember that God provides strength and encouragement for his people to face opposition on his behalf. Elijah was a prophet whom God used to perform amazing miracles, yet he still faced persecution and opposition from those who rejected God. His example points forward to Jesus, the greatest prophet, who endured opposition and rejection for delivering God's words of life. Connect with me if you would like to know how Jesus can change your life forever. Would you like to dig even deeper into this week's Bible study? Join our online Bible study Facebook group to get a short study each day. You can find us at facebook.com/groups/obscentral. That's facebook.com/groups/obscentral. Well, if you enjoyed tonight's Bible study, would you share it with your friends? Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for our online Bible study. God bless.